Hi, this is Norman Horn, founder of LCI. We are excited to announce that the LCI team is going to be attending Freedom Fest this July 13th through 16th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to have an exhibitor booth and a breakout session where we will be talking with everybody we can about how to make the Christian case for a free society. Find out more about LCI's participation at Freedom Fest by going to libertarianchristians.com slash events. Welcome to the show that gets Christians thinking about faith and politics. Get ready to challenge the status quo, expand your imagination, and tackle controversy head on. Let's stand together at the intersection of faith and freedom. It's time for the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. I'm your host, Doug Stewart. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we have the lovely Carrie Baldwin joining us to talk about, gee, Carrie, what do you think? Do you think everybody can guess what we're going to talk about? No, not at all. Not at all. We're going to talk about roads. (laughs) Well, the first part of that audible sound, we're going to talk about row, I guess, maybe the way we're going (laughs) to... I don't know. That's all I got. (laughs) Well, in some ways, we're going to talk about the recent Supreme Court decision, but it's really by way of, because it is the topic of discussion. And of course, it is also the topic of discussion by a lot of other libertarians. So Carrie, you actually had the pleasure of being interviewed by none other than the great John Stossel a couple months ago, I believe. And I don't know if this was before the leak occurred about the Supreme Court decision or if it was after that. But Why don't you give a little bit of the backstory? How did they reach out to you? What was their plan? We do plan to hear in this episode, we will, you know, show the video and audio for our viewers, but just give us the backstory about how that was set up for you. Yeah, so it was actually after, just after the leak of Justice Alito's draft opinion that Stossel's people contacted me. And basically what I was told was he was doing a documentary. They had actually been working on it since before the leak, but they wanted to sort of present a multitude of views related to abortion, i.e. this isn't the black and white issue that sort of the conventional debate wants Mm -hmm. us to believe, which is true. There are nuances, right? And I've even talked about the different strains in the pro-life movement and how they don't always get along. So... At any rate, he said they wanted to feature a libertarian view and they wanted a pro-life libertarian and they wanted a pro-choice libertarian. And so I agreed to do it. And Avins O'Brien was the pro-choice libertarian. We recorded- And she's from what? Feminists for Liberty or some organization? Yeah, I think she's- Actually, she's, she's in- introduced in the video so we can get it right when we play it, I guess. Yeah. So I think she's an officer with that organization. I can't remember which office. But yeah. at any rate, she's pretty well known for being pro-choice, like up to birth. And so at any rate, the idea was to have the both of us on. And this was after the Alito leak. This was before the Libertarian Party convention. So at any rate, we recorded. It was about an hour-long interview. I thought it went quite well. But there was a lot of things that got cut out. And what I was told was they wanted to release the video as soon as the Supreme Court actually released their official opinion on it, which made sense to me. It did seem in the end, 
to be much shorter than I expected. Uh, it turned out to just be the two libertarians on there. And there was just a lot of things that were left out that I would love to touch on. And I think, well, I mentioned before that I think that there's a missed opportunity, but yeah, maybe we can redeem that here. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's always good to you know have critical feedback on things and there's going to be editorial decisions made that you and I might not have made and that kind of thing. So what was the conversation like when you and Stossel and Ovens were talking? I mean, was it pretty heated? Was it pretty cordial? You know, I was at the debate where you had with Walter Block and it was like the nicest debate ever. So somehow maybe you bring that out in people when you discuss things with them. How did it go? It actually went really well. And Ovens is known for being very peaceable in, in her debates as well. So actually, there was a lot more of her and I agreeing on things than disagreeing. Mm. <laughs> and I would say that, you know, it was very cordial. It was on par with, you know, my debate with Block as far as, you know, we weren't throwing down the gauntlet or anything like that. In fact, we were encouraged to do so, but it just didn't seem like that worked out very well. But at any rate, John Stossel was wonderful. He was very friendly. First thing he said when we got on to record was, finally, I get to talk to some libertarians, which I thought was funny. But yeah, the whole thing, I mean, it went well. And I thought everybody was cordial. And Stossel comes off as way less antagonistic or confrontational in his questioning mm-hmm. <laughs> in the actual interview process than he does in the final cut. So... Yeah. Okay. So the interview itself, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think every, this is not saying anything controversial to say that an hour long interview cut down to a, like a five and a half minute video is going to leave things out, just like a book right. or a movie leaves out things from the book. And, you know, we kind of know that that's happening. So before we watch it and we'll play it for listeners and viewers, is there anything you want to say to sort of lead up to it? The only thing that I would say is that it gives the impression that Ovens and I are just presenting the same old pro-choice, pro-life argument that we've heard Mm. for 50 years. Uh, And that wasn't the case in the actual hour long. We both had nuances that didn't get included in the final cut. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to share that here. Pro-choice activists are furious at the Supreme Court's decision to leave abortion law to the states. Because we libertarians want government out of our lives, people often assume we're pro-choice. And some of us are. Here's former presidential candidate Gary Johnson. That's a decision that should lie strictly with the woman involved. But libertarians also believe that one of the few legitimate roles for government is stopping murder. If a fetus is a human being, abortion is murder. I'm pro-life. 100% pro-life. If you're going to protect liberty, you have to protect the life of the unborn. Carrie Baldwin, host of the Dare to Think podcast, and Avins O'Brien of Feminists for Liberty hold opposite positions on abortion. When does life begin? Life begins from the moment conception is complete. The termination of a pregnancy is the right of any woman. That is a form of life in the womb. You're not at all bothered terminating that? I'm not entirely sure I agree that it's a person with rights. It is a person with rights, says Baldwin. And ending that life is just wrong. Abortion is murder? Absolutely. You're okay with second and third term? Eight months. And the right loves to talk about third trimester abortions, but 
like all of those account for like less than 1% of abortions. True. Almost all abortions happen in the first trimester. Most Americans do want those abortions to be legal. But in the second and third trimesters, support plummets. At what point does the baby have a right to be protected by the state? You're saying that one minute before birth, the baby does not, and one minute after, it does? I think that uh, individuals have rights and individuals don't exist inside other people. I guess my question for Ovens would be, what's so magical about the vagina? <laughs> um, you know, a woman passing through the birth can canal doesn't uh, change the humanity of the fetus. The difference is that you have a person no longer existing inside another person. As long as a fetus is inside a person, the person gets to determine whatever's happening to it. So basically you're saying, at any point in a pregnancy, you have the right to kill anybody living inside you. At any point in a pregnancy, a woman has a right to terminate that pregnancy. Many on the pro-life side say the only time abortion should be legal is if a woman's life is in danger. Even rape is no justification. That's a crime against them and they need uh, restitution for that crime. But the woman, she says, must carry the baby to term. It is government using force saying you are forbidden to have an abortion. It is the, the role of civil governance to criminalize uh, acts of violence. We don't have a problem with, with the state intervening when it comes to murder or theft or rape. If abortion is illegal, the state either has to punish the woman or punish the doctor. Or both. This is a woman who's in crisis for one reason or another. It doesn't make sense to, you know, hit her with the hammer of justice and throw her in prison. But before Roe, some states did punish doctors. You stand where you are. Are you Ernest Montgomery? Yes. We have a warrant for your arrest. Punishing women was rare, though some were pressured to testify against their doctor. Who performed the operation? Was it Dr. Montgomery? Yes. With Roe gone, will this happen again? The way you enforce is not through a police state. The way to actually get women to stop choosing abortion is to provide other options on the market. Like adoption. She wants to make that easier. <laughs> but choice supporters say there will always be a need for legal abortion. Lady Gaga, Rihanna, and more artists are expressing their outrage over this week's Alabama abortion ban. <laughs> But I'm annoyed that they only lobby politicians. Why always turn to politics? Lady Gaga and Rihanna by themselves have enough money to fly every woman in a state where abortion is banned to a state where it's legal. Why is this a government issue? It would be great if, if, if celebrities were spending their money on, on mutual aid and direct action instead of um, lobbying politicians. Currently, there is a meme going around uh, where people are, are saying, uh, if anyone needs to go camping because their state does not allow camping, if you want to come camping with me, we'll never talk about your camping. What's with the camping meme? Why, why don't they just say, we'll help you get an abortion? There are certain states in which that, that will create a legal problem. So might giving abortion pills to women. Bans against that will be hard for states to enforce, but they should try, says the pro-life side. I think it's necessary that the, the fetal rights are upheld. The two sides will never agree on this. Personally, I think it's reasonable if states ban late-term abortions, 
unless a woman's health is threatened. This sure looks like life to me. But I'm mostly pro-choice. We should own our own bodies. If someone's living inside you, you ought to have a right to end that life. Okay, so there it is. John Stossel interviews two libertarian women on the issue of abortion. It's interesting also to me, like obviously they waited till the Supreme Court decision came out, but they also, it was relatively maybe more coincidental than anything that the Libertarian Party has now removed abortion from, you know, the official, I guess it's the platform or planks of the party. And so for interested libertarians, this is actually fairly important. Not that all libertarians are, you know, care much about the Libertarian Party, but it is in the news and it is very much a focus of, of many libertarians. As I watched this, I was kind of scrolling through the comments on YouTube and everybody was just sort of like, yeah, John Stossel presenting both sides, even though he has an opinion that's, you know, one-sided and, you know, everybody was sort of giving him kudos for being, you know, sort of even-handed on things. But, you know, when you and I were talking about it, it was almost like he only presented the two sides that everybody's already familiar with and sort of repeated, you know, clipped, you know, and not necessarily out of context, but just clips of you and clips of Ovens saying the things that everybody already expects, you know, people to say. Right. Well, let me start with this. The things that were said that Ovens and I agreed on were a lot of the things that I bring up in the article on LCI that I published explaining this whole thing with the Libertarian Party platform and removing the abortion plank. Because the areas of agreement, both between Ovens and I and pro-choice and pro-life libertarians generally, are numerous. We both believe in inherent rights of everybody, regardless of gender. We believe that that is derived from self-ownership. We both believe in repealing protectionist economic regulations. We both believe in equality before the law, especially when it comes to things like marriage and divorce. We agree in use of private property and our free choice with that. And we even agree with the additions to the party platform that strengthen our opposition to abuse of police powers. So there's a lot of stuff for us to agree with. Did those come up in the interview or were those just things that you know that you agree on because you've chatted with her before? No, they did come up in the interview. Okay. And one thing in particular that was left out was my reference to restorative justice. I would say that Stossel's presentation makes it sound like I'm okay with an authoritarian enforcement of abortion. And that has been one of the unique pieces of my position is that I absolutely oppose that. And now I've got suspicions as to why they left out the term restorative justice. But at any rate, that was left out. Ovens and I agreed that we shouldn't be using the authoritarian police state to enforce abortion prohibition. The other thing that he mentioned was that I believed in enforcing a drug prohibition against the abortion pill. And that's not true. In fact, I said in one of my conversations prior to the interview that, you know, libertarians don't believe in these economic regulations. And quite frankly, there are other uses for the pill that. I think it was originally used for cancer, that probably there's not a good reason to to ban it. Mm. So 
all that to say is, is there was a whole lot of nuance that was missed. The other thing that, and maybe this is more my fault, but the other thing that was mentioned was the response to Ovens and this idea that just because a person exists inside of another person, you have a right to kill them. And the thing about that is that there's only one instance where a person lives inside of another person. And it's an instance that we all go through, every single one of us. This isn't, you know, this isn't some unique situation. So we can't just make the claim, oh, a person exists inside of another person and therefore I should get to end that person's life. Well, no, this is the beginning of human life. This is the only situation in which a human exists inside of another person or a person inside of another person. And so we should actually be deriving normative law from it, not trying to apply disanalogous situations to it. And, (laughs) you know, that's maybe more of an intellectual answer than they wanted to present in, in the piece. And that's fine. I mean, it took you a whole minute to tell me, which, and you've rehearsed this enough. It's like, it's difficult to do it in sound bites. And I, I kind of felt like more than I thinking about this, I'm like, you know, I could tell that the words you used and the audio was clipped in a certain way that's like, hey, we're going to keep this short. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder why. Like, is there like some algorithm or sort of best practice that they think is going to, you know, do better if it's just under six minutes? And so that's how they cut it. Because I'm like, you're on YouTube. Like, you can make this however long you want. And honestly, I think because it's such a important topic and and it's like it's hot right now right? right that like it doesn't matter if this were 6 minutes or 16 minutes you know and it could have easily been 16 minutes you know with a different narrative going on there yeah well you know there's a lot more that was said that could have been said and i was really hoping that stossel being a libertarian would be willing to present those nuances and for whatever mm-hmm. reason he didn't. And fine. I did mention before, I think this is a missed opportunity, especially given the fact that the Libertarian Party is trying to grow and they removed the abortion plank specifically so that they could grow and actually make an impact on future elections. Stossel's a Libertarian. And so I feel like it was a missed opportunity to say, Mm. okay, You've got all the Democrats and Republicans screaming at one another over the same argument that they've argued for 50 years. Why not listen to what the libertarians have to say, which is much more nuanced. They agree on many more things, even though they fundamentally disagree on whether or not the right to abort is founded in the principle of self-ownership. That's one disagreement that we have. We have so many more agreements. We have so much more common ground. Pro-choice and pro-life libertarians have so much more common ground. And so, yeah, I just was missed opportunity. Yeah. Even so, I mean, it's really good that you get to be on Stossel and have this, you know, exposure to your ideas and you're going to get to say those additional things, you know, and get the nuance because at least I hope. Mm -hmm. Was there anything in there that stood out to you that they represented you in a way that was a little bit more unique to what you're saying? Or do you really feel like Carrie Baldwin happened to just repeat the talking points that they expected you to say? I think it was cut in such a way that it just made me sound like a conservative pro-life Republican. Yeah, right. And quite frankly, I think they cut it in such a way that 
Avin's sounded unreasonable as well. I mean, obviously, I didn't agree with her stance on, you know, keeping it legal up to birth. But, you know, part of her argument was that you don't, (laughs) you know, you don't introduce this precedent of the state getting to intervene in, in the bodies of people. And there's some truth to that, right? The issue of bodily autonomy and agency matters. Yeah. But they didn't get into her nuances either. Hey, everyone. If you're like me, you listen to a lot of podcasts by producers and creators who have a listener support model. Sometimes people call it the Patreon model, where they ask listeners to give them money to keep the podcast going because they want a list of supporters. And there's certain benefits to doing that. They offer you know free episodes ahead of time or bonus content and so forth. LCI has taken a different approach because we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We operate solely on the donations of those who are generous and love what we do. Now, we are totally appreciative of the fact that we have a growing audience and everybody's sharing our content. But if you'd like to be one of the people who donate to the Libertarian Christian Institute because we're a nonprofit, it's actually tax deductible. You can do that at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. You can donate in a number of ways, some of which incur fees for us and some of which do not. And you can either choose to pay those fees or not. However you want to do it, any small amount actually helps. We actually do encourage people to sign up for some sort of monthly contribution. So that gives us a better sense of how things are going to go each month through the year. So even if it's as little as five, 10 bucks a month, that really helps us a lot. You know, that really adds up when more and more people do it. So we appreciate all of your support, whether it's sharing, liking, reviewing, and doing all that. But we, of course, appreciate an actual financial donation to the Libertarian Christian Institute. What were some things that you appreciated that she said that were unexpected? Or even maybe just things that you were happy she said or agreed with? She agreed with me that abortion isn't something to be happy and proud of. It's something that she would like to see, you know, us end the practice of. And she agrees with me that we can use the market to do that. That was left out? That was left out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we both... That's ag- pretty crazy. Like... And he even went into the whole government, like, why do we need to get government into it? I mean, maybe it was during that whole conversation that that part was pulled. But that's really great that both of you kind of believe that, that like, because there's a lot of pro-choice libertarians who believe that it's actually, you know, constitutional to say that this is a right. Yeah, I think if I'm being the most generous to her view, what she is saying is we don't create a precedent even if that's a person with rights, we don't create a precedent where the state can invade our bodies in some fashion. And that really the way to end the necessity, the felt need, at least in in her view, the felt need for abortion is through the market, is to create these life-affirming options. Uh But that we shouldn't set a precedent where we're allowing the government any sort of interference or invasion into the human body in whatever fashion. So I would say that's my best articulation of her point, but it wasn't, hey, yeah, go shout your abortion, right? She wasn't on that level. It was, yeah, if we can have more life-affirming options to prevent unwanted pregnancies, we should do that. Yeah. So. Does she have any particular proposed solutions to that or did that not come up? No, not really. At least it didn't come up, I don't think, as I recall. So, Yeah. 
it's very difficult for me to not want to veer off into the topic <laughs> because we want to talk about this video in particular and, and so forth. But the one way that I think we can add some value here around the conversation is understanding the initial, at least, because we can sort of maybe tease out a little bit of you know future episodes, future conversations on the roundtable that we do. What has been your initial reaction to the reactions about Roe and Casey being overturned? Yeah, there's a few. I would say, first of all, frustration from those people who are reacting in violence. There's been lots of attacks on pregnancy centers, vandalism, threats of violence, things like that. Not okay. Like, do we really have to go through a repeat of the summer of 2020? But there's also a lot, there's a lot of lies and scare tactics that are being used in order to scare women. And these are even people who might otherwise consider themselves pro-life, right? And these tactics include saying, you're not going to be able to get medical services for miscarriage or for ectopic pregnancy. And they're going to take away the plan B pill and maybe hormonal contraception. And somebody else, man, I forget what the it other one... It sounds like they're playing out the worst case scenario and making it, you know, sort of playing on the fears of women that I guess in some ways, like maybe that'll happen in Nebraska. But like, do the people in New York really think that that's going to happen to them? That's the weird part is this is like half of the states, half of the states are going to keep this legal. And the other half of the states, even the trigger bans that are going into effect, they're only banning up to the number of weeks that are on the books, right? So for most of these states, they were only allowed to permit or they were only allowed to restrict abortion past viability because that was the standard set by Roe. And so you have some states that are you know, had trigger bans in effect for 22 weeks, for 18 weeks, for 12 weeks, for six weeks, for eight weeks. You know, those ones that are six and eight weeks, those are the cases that were brought to the Supreme mm -hmm. Court. They were challenged. Yeah. But as it stands right now, even the states where there's a trigger ban, you can still get a first trimester abortion. Are there any states where it's totally banned? Like, I, well, let's see, the Mississippi law that was the reason for all this Mm -hmm. Is 14 weeks, right? Is that I the lowest? I think so. Might no, be the lowest the lowest is six weeks, which was Texas. Now I have seen, oh, I forget her name, Lilla Rose from LifeSite. She's sort of been the uh, pro-life poster child for a while. She did tweet out that Utah and Texas both banned abortion. So maybe they've since like banned the decision, banned or the six week that you just mentioned. I'm not sure. That's so, okay. the thing. So that's, she doesn't, she we'll doesn't to allude up. to that. Yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, but the scare tactics even include things like, oh, these people that were quoted. So they quote some common law stuff in Dobbs v. Jackson, just to correct the historical mistakes that were made in Roe v. Wade concerning common law. So they're quoting from common law. And one of the scare tactics is, oh, they're quoting from people who held these archaic views on marital rape, that that wasn't a thing. And so this is 
making women believe that now the court is going to allow for marital rape to occur. I mean, that's the level of scare tactic that's happening. And I'm seeing Christian women freaking out about this. Okay. Quite frankly, I expected this to happen because... You expected Christian women to freak out? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because... We have lived in a society, this is one reason why I'm so opposed to a war on abortion kind of enforcement. We have lived in a society that has embraced these ideas that the police can do things on mere suspicion. Mm-hmm. And the big concern, especially since a first trimester abortion, if done with a pill, looks only like a miscarriage from the like if you don't know that woman took a pill, it only looks like a miscarriage. So the big concern is whether or not women who have legitimate miscarriages, who didn't take a pill, will get sort of siphoned up into the criminal justice system on mere suspicion. Mm. Now, I'm pro-life. I'm not in any way inclined to have an abortion. But if I were to ever have a miscarriage, that would be on my mind. And so, yes, I think part of the freak out and I, I did a, a little Facebook Live about this. People need to understand where this freakout is coming from because we had a freakout over, specifically over the prospect of mandated vaccines for the COVID vaccine. And at the time, you had conservatives screaming, my body, my choice, right? And we understood that a government mandate was a credible threat uh-huh. of force against our bodies. and. That is how women who are freaking out about this are perceiving this. They see a credible threat of force from the government. And that's not an illegitimate thing because we learned during COVID that when the object of state interest exists or potentially exists inside of you, then Uh suddenly you disappear. Your rights disappear. Suddenly, what's inside of you becomes more important. And we saw what happened during during COVID. We saw what happened when the state starts getting that focused in on things. So in some ways, I think the freakout is justified because we've had this absolutely horrid criminal justice system for decades. Thank you, Joe Biden. I was just listening to a podcast and I believe it was Thaddeus Russell was specifically laying out all of the handful of ways that the terrible criminal justice system that we've got was very much, not just like that Joe Biden was a senator and voted for it, but that he was actually behind a lot of this and bragged about minimum sentencing and all kinds of stuff. And it's just bizarre to me that this is the world they created. This is his legacy. And this is the thing that the more militant, anti-abortion, abolitionist kinds of people, they want to employ those tactics. And ostensibly, they don't like Joe Biden. (laughs) It's like, really? But you want to employ his criminal justice policies. So as far as the reactions are concerned, people need to understand that women who are concerned about this perceive a credible threat of force against their bodies. And that's not unfounded. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And so we need to remember that. We need to remember what it was like when the government was saying, you don't get to leave your house. You have to put a mask on. You don't get to go to work. Yeah, You have to take this vaccine. You have to put this swab up your nose. We have to remember that feeling because that's what women are experiencing right now who are freaking out about this. 
Yeah. You know, on the other side, the people who aren't freaking out, I have yet to notice a conservative pro-life anti-abortion, you know, the kind of people who are activists over the last 50 years that you and I both grew up in, you know, hearing, oh, we got to overturn Roe, overturn Roe. I haven't heard one person say, all right, we're done. Yeah. They're all like, all right, okay, that was a good decision that it's now been overturned, but now we've got work to do as a church. Now we've got work to do as Christians to help those in need, which again, it's not like they haven't been doing those things. Like there's certainly not like, oh, wait, shoot, we got to, you know, get ready for this or whatever. And certainly there's more legal things to continue to do to, as you say, well, as a lot of people say, I guess, to reduce the demand. You know, both, I guess, you and Ovens would agree that we need to somehow reduce the demand if we can in non-governmental ways. So there's a lot of work to be done, but I haven't heard anybody celebrate, oh, we're over. We got what we wanted. I mean, they did get what they wanted on that level, but they weren't like fooled into believing, okay, abortion's ended. Yeah, and I'm glad that that's the case. I would say that there's two reactions as far as jobs not done sort of sentiment is concerned. The... People who are not part of formal 501c3 or, you know, political action organizations that are related to pro-life policy, those organizations are still like, okay, there's still more work to do because there's 26 Mm -hmm. states where this is still legal, right? So they're still going after the legal side of this. Mm -hmm. The people that I've seen say, okay, our job's not done. Now we need to help people. Those have been like the Facebook comments, right? The random person on Facebook saying, hey, I volunteer at a pregnancy center and we could really use your help. And so those are where I'm seeing the comments saying, hey, it's time to buckle down and really really offer our help where we can for women. So they don't feel the need to go seek this stuff in a black or gray market situation. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd want to add about the video or about this? whole post-Roe situation. I know we'll have future conversations, of course, but I'll let you have the last word here. Yeah, I think at this point, I would really hope that what libertarians in particular do in response is in the states where abortion is made illegal to really aim for criminal justice reform and really make sure that we are not permitting a war on abortion type of situation. You know, rights of the accused need to be upheld. We don't need to be, you know, pulling women over on the side of the road for mere suspicion of something or another. So in those (laughs) states, like, I, I hope that in those states, they don't try to just go back and legalize abortion. I hope that what they do is go after criminal justice reform because that's what needs to happen. Yeah. In the states where it is still legal, I hope that libertarians move to free up the market because it's the market that's going to end the practice of abortion, not the law. All right. Well, I'm hoping as well that this will motivate the left to take serious undoing Biden's criminal justice atrocities and maybe partner with some libertarians like Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, who are kind of on the forefront of helping (laughs) moving. Maybe not they're on the forefront, but they're very active in trying to get those things kind of changed in a significant way. And maybe we will see John Stossel talk about restorative justice in a future interview with you. That would be great. All right, Carrie, thanks for joining me on this and discussing this. And congrats on having your face on Stossel. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts to help expand our audience. If you want to reach out to us, email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. You can also reach us at LCI Official on Twitter. And of course, we are on Facebook and have an active group you are welcome to join. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Libertarian Christian Podcast is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, a registered 501c3 nonprofit. If you'd like to find out more about LCI, visit us on the web at libertarianchristians.com. The voiceovers are by Matt Bellis and Catherine Williams. As of episode 115, our audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to let you know that LCI has another podcast called the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast. It's a little bit different from what you're used to. And because it's very different, we don't want to keep it in this podcast feed. So you can actually go subscribe to the Faith Seeking Freedom podcast wherever you get your podcast. The Faith Seeking Freedom podcast is a podcast that is entirely question and answer. And because we've kept each episode short, we can actually release them more frequently. And you can actually listen to them in a shorter time frame. And you can even share them with friends or people that you want to spread the message of liberty. So check out and subscribe to the Faith Seeking Freedom podcast.